Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy day. We made it. 2020, here we go. Right on. My name is Ryland. It's an honor uh, to welcome you to the first Sunday of a new decade at Rockbrook Church. We had a great 2019 at Rockbrook. You're going to hear a lot more about that in the coming weeks, but uh, just the life change and decisions and generosity of this church uh, is amazing, and the health of our church was really solid last year. We're excited for a new year. Just had our biggest Christmas ever, and uh, maybe you um, are here from one of those services where that was your first time. I'm just going to start today uh, kind of recapping for some of you who have been here for a long time, or maybe you are brand new, uh, what our vision. We have got a very clear goal and purpose at Rockbrook. In fact, we don't do anything that doesn't contribute to uh, this vision that God has given, that God has given us, you see it in your worship guide every week. Uh, of course, it's on our website throughout Growth Track and our church and everything else. It's this vision's rooted in the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, and uh, I explain it more in detail at Growth Track. But we can sum it up in just a few words here, uh, not in your notes, but that vision is we want you to know God. Like you can know him, you can trust him, you can believe in him, you can have a relationship with him. God is not a religion. Uh, He is someone that you can trust and know and believe in. And then secondly, we want you to find freedom uh, because you can know God and still have issues. Uh, You just because you become a Christian doesn't mean you stop having problems. Can I get a better amen somebody? That's just the, it's just the way it is. You can still have uh, wounds and things from your past and addictions and everything else. That just because you're a believer doesn't make you immune from the, those problems. And so we want to help you. God does give us the power, though, to find freedom from them. So we want to help you with that. And then we want to help you, third, discover purpose. Uh, some, some people think they're an accident. They're wandering through life. Some think that uh, the world would be better off if they weren't in it. And that's just absolutely not true. You are no accident. And it doesn't matter at all what your parents' version is about how you came about. God has always had you on his mind. God created you. God wanted you here. God is writing your story. So go pursue whatever you want in life without God. It'll always be empty at the end of the day. And of course, that's why you're here, because you've learned that, that life is nothing without God and without purpose and then so ultimately we can make a difference in Jesus name and so we want to take you on this journey of knowing God finding freedom discovering purpose and making a difference in Jesus name and here's what you need to know you need to know that you're somewhere in this process like it doesn't matter how long you've been going to church or how long you've been a believer there's another step in following that's why they call it following Jesus is there's another step we need to take in in following our Lord and our Savior. And some of you, you even know what that step is. It's just getting moving. It's, it's, taking, it's taking that step. The problem is moving and taking the step. And we need something or someone to push us toward the life that we know we're supposed to be living. The life that you wanted to try and you just needed a catalyst to get moving on it. And that's why this series is called It's Time. It's a brand new year. And it's time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. It's time. It's time. 
Turn to the person you neglected on the other side. Tell them it's time. It's time. It's time. If you're like me, uh, you've lived in this community for a long time, uh, so much so that you know like the driving patterns and the traffic patterns. Uh, You know how long certain lights are. You know what lane you need to be in on 58 at the certain time of day to get where you're going. Uh, For me, there is one light in particular that we have been friends for a long time. In fact, ever since I've gotten my license, like years and years and years ago, I've dr- almost every day I drive it, this route up to this light to turn left onto 58. And uh, so many times that I know, like I know how, the, how it's timed. So I know what it's going to be like on Sunday morning. I know what it's going to be like on a weekday afternoon. And I know by how many cars deep, like how many light cycles it'll take before I get to be the one to go and I know I mean you're making me feel crazy right now but yeah anyone else like you know what it's gonna be and it all works out exactly like I know it will if the person in front of me goes when the light's green (laughs) but sometimes people are looking at something else or doing something else and they don't know the light screen and they don't they don't go they won't go I know you've had this experience but what I've also learned the hard way on the road is that I need to be nice to people when I drive. And because it's inevitable, every single time I've ever been rude to someone on the road, they turn around, and it's a church member. And if that was you, I am so sorry. I really am. And so there's times where, like, on the inside, I want to lay, like, I want to lay on the horn and go, honk, you got nothing to do today? Let's go, let's go. And in that moment, when it's a church member, they're not interested in me teaching them or teaching them how to drive. But so I try really hard to be nice. You can ask my wife, Lauren, there are times if someone's tailgating me really hard, I will pull over, get over to let them go past. I've just decided I've got to be nice on the road. But sometimes I'm in a hurry and they're not going at that light. So I figured out a way. I even practiced in my garage. How... (laughs) How to, I can hit the horn in such a way that it gives the friendliest beep beep you've ever heard in your life that just communicates, hey, we're friends, but you don't know the light screen and we're friends. I love you. I'm just telling you it's green and it's time to go. But what I want to do in my heart, so like I want to honk and I'll be honest with you today, friend, I eat, sleep and breathe your spiritual journey. I keep my finger on the pulse of this church. I keep an eye on its vital signs. I want it to be healthy as much as anything. And when I say it, I mean you and your family. I want you to be healthy in every way. Guys, I want to see you run this race so well and finish this journey and stand before God and just be so glad that you were part of Rockbrook Church and stand before God and give him all the glory I want that as much as anything. I want to see you finish your race well. I love you and care about you more than you know. And in my heart, I want to go honk. But instead, what I'm going to do is give you the friendliest beep beep you ever heard in your life. I need you to hear this. The light's green. It's time. And I want to show you this in, your pa- in a passage in Luke 9. 
Um, it's on your notes. We give you notes with the sermons each week, and we hole punch it so you can put them in a binder and save them. You can also take notes on the app, and it'll save in the app. Um, because not, er, not every time I give you a sermon, that's not always when you need that sermon. Like I talked to someone a few weeks ago, and they said, when you did the Helping Friends Through Tough Times series, I didn't have a friend going through a tough time. Now I've got a friend getting divorced and a family member dying. Pulled out my notes. He said, thank you for equipping me for this. So there, there you go. Take notes today. On your notes, let's look at this encounter Jesus has with three different people who want to become disciples of the Lord Jesus. And it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus, Jesus didn't give a beep beep. He gives a full on honk. He was curt. He says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And poverty was part of the curse that Jesus carried, uh, coming, being the son of God, son of man. And he's saying, this isn't, that's great, but this isn't going to be easy. It's going to be harder than you thought. Like it, we're going to go, but buckle up because the road's bumpy, okay? And so then he said to another man, Jesus started this conversation, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, a famous quote from him now, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And this verse has been greatly misunderstood. Uh, Jesus isn't against funerals. And he wasn't forbidding the man to arrange his father's funeral. Most scholars would say what, that what the man is saying is he'd like to take care of his father until his father dies. Get that all put away. Then he'd be free to follow Jesus. And it's an example of someone who feels like they've, they're the exception. That they've got a, a viable excuse. And God's saying, no, you don't get it. Jesus saying, you don't get it. This, no excuses. But you're missing it. The light's green, and there aren't endless cycles. If you don't go, we may miss it altogether. That's why Jesus takes first place. And then in another place, and I love the writer Luke, because this is just funny to me. Still another, like <laughs> those, after those two, some other person goes, well, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And this is just the excuse of, well, yeah, I would do that. I'd do the small group thing. I'd serve. I, I'd, I'd share my faith. I'd do that. But let me get these the kids, this thing taken care of with my kids first. Let me get this business off the ground. But first, let me get this squared away in my life. And Jesus replied, no, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And uh, they're missing the urgency Jesus says, beep, beep, let's go, seize the day. But I was really encouraged this week, as, I've, as many times have I've read and heard this passage, I don't know why, but I guess I just assumed or thought or it was communicated in a way that none of these people followed Jesus. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say what their response was. I'd like to think, at least one of them took him up on, on what he was saying. I'd like to think, well, I said I'd follow you wherever you go. And if that's the way it is, Lord, I'll do it. I'll go. I'm following you. And I think the new year and the new decade gives us this fresh start. And if, if you've ever, ever celebrated New Year's Eve, uh, you've, heard, you've heard the song, Should Old Acquaintance Be Forgot? And we all know this song, but 
rarely do many people know the words or what it means. In fact, I listen to the Mariah Carey version, and in there she even says, does anyone know the words of this song? Like it's just, we know the song and the melody, but we've never really paid attention to that song. And what the penman of the song Robert Burns in Old Scottish was basically saying, Old Lang Syne, which means days gone by. And what the song or the poem is challenging us to do is to think about what should stay in the year before and what, what should never go past that. So like at the strike of midnight, what's going to stop right there and it's not going to even enter into? What are we going to leave in 2019 and not even take into 2020? So he asks the question, what old acquaintance, like the pains, the mistakes, the, the hurts, what should be forgotten and what should stay. And the Bible, this is a very biblical theme, the Bible has so much to say about old and new and dying to self and walking in the newness of life, being born again. And I want Rockbrook uh, to leave three old things. We need to move on from three old things that need to just stay in 2020 or 2019 and never make it into our 2020. If you're taking notes, write this in. Move on from old hurts. Like you're, you're hurt, you're wounded, and it hurts. What that person said, what that person did, and it happened. And as much as we could go back, want to go back and not make it happen, it happened. The eggs are scrambled. So what do you do? You do the only thing you can do, and that is move on. Move on. Just reflecting on my 2019, good grief, there's some stuff I'd like to have back. Some words I said, some meetings I'd like to have over, sermon or two I'd sure like to preach again, have a second shot at that. Some things that I wish I could just, I wish I could change. I can't go back and change them. Some ways I disappointed some people. I did not want to disappoint that person, but I did. I'm flawed. I'm broken. I'm a sinner. Other people in my life are flawed, broken sinners. They've disappointed me. It's why we need Jesus. He's the only one who's perfect. He's the only one. That's what the cross and the resurrection are for. He's the one who gives us power to to walk away from this stuff and, and move on. So we need to let God clear the page. And second thing we need to move on from is old habits. Old habits. I'm talking about our addictions, that we've let too much stuff into our life. We've gotten addicted to certain drugs, medications, drinks, alcohol, certain foods. We've let certain language into our life. Good grief, we're addicted to our phones and to bad patterns, and we're addicted to bad relational patterns. What do you do with a bad habit? Well, that's what the 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're heading into are for. We've been announcing this. Let me explain what this is. Uh, you can join us. Um, we take Every year we take 21 days in January and claim it for God by seeking God first, and we do it through prayer and fasting. And um, you can join us. starts January 5th. That's today. Today's day one. And you make a commitment to pray each day. You can choose also to fast uh, from many different things in those 21 days as well. We choose prayer and fasting because those are two powerful ways to turn down the noise of the world through fasting, tune into our relationship with God, and His voice, and how He's directing us. So day one is today. Starting Monday, uh, we'll offer prayer services uh, right here in the worship center each day from 6 to 7 a.m. 
yeah, it's cold, it's dark, it's early, it's hard. And uh, then 9 to 10 a.m. on Saturdays, and uh, every year right in the middle of it, we get hit with a blizzard, and so we don't cancel any of them. Uh, like, you can just discern if it's safe for you to get out, but we'll be open, and we'll do a prayer service. Um, but what we do is, in those services, we open with a song of worship. Worship team is here. We uh, have about half hour of personal prayer time. Uh, so we play background music, and people interact with God however they want to, however they feel led. Some sit, some kneel, some walk, some pace, um, some pray out loud, some pray silently. Um, then one of the staff pastors will get up and lead us in a prayer over the prayer emphasis that day. There's 21 prayer emphases, and then um, we'll do that. Uh, and then we'll close in prayer, or in close in worship together. One closing song will unite together, and then go on to a great day. And on Saturdays, we'll celebrate communion together. And you need to experience one of these services. You, you just really need to. If you, whatever you can do, whatever, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. Can you make it to one? Can you make it to the three Saturdays? Can you make it to one day a week? You need to experience one of these. It's just so refreshing to have some moments in corporate prayer as a church family where we're seeking God this way. And you don't need to be nervous. No one's going to make you do anything you don't want to do. You're not going to have to pray in front of people. You're not, uh, eyes will not be on you. Uh, but there's some great resources for this time. On the tables in the back, we've got the Pray First Guides, the prayer outlines. They're amazing. Changed my prayer life, absolutely. There's the daily prayer emphasis, and then uh, there's a wristband. I'll grab a wristband, it'll give you a reminder to pray for the 21 days. Um, and then uh, some digital resources, we put that online. The Rockbrook app has all of that as well. And then online at rockbrook.org, 21 days, there's some information on fasting. Uh, so I'll preach more on fasting next week, but if you need some information up front, uh, there's some really good information there. And uh, there's a 21 days of prayer card in your worship guide. Uh, I'd love for you to put a prayer request on here. What we do is put our prayer requests on here. They line the front of the stage, and then people who come to this prayer service could grab a prayer request, pray for someone in their church. Uh, so I'd encourage you this weekend to put your prayer request on this card so our church family can pray for it. Uh, if you've got more of a confidential prayer request that you just want to go to the staff and the prayer team, you could still put that on the communication card. But I encourage you to put your prayer on this this week and we'll pray over it uh, in these services. Um, and this is just a great opportunity to move on from old habits. I'm talking about anything in life that you've let master you. You need to fast. What is fasting? Are you punishing yourself to get God's attention? No. That's bad religious teaching that's not in the Bible. Fasting is separating ourselves from the world, from earthly desires, to fuel our relationship with God. And when you fast from, and you can fast from many different types of things or things you want to cut out of your life for 21 days, but when you fast from food, it, it gives, it's powerful to break other addictions in your life. It absolutely is. More on that next week, more fasting info online. The third thing we need to move on from, though, is move on from old hang-ups. I'm talking about the things that still define you, the, the debts and the financial patterns and the events that have shaped how you view yourself. It's time to move on from your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. That language I pulled directly from Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered recovery program, foundations firmly centered uh, on biblical truth, and it exists so you can find freedom from your hurts, 
habits and hang-ups and live fully alive in Jesus. And over the years, throughout, over the years combined, we've had hundreds of people go through Celebrate Recovery. Uh, they meet their weekend, their midweek worship service, they meet at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Some of you have gone through CR, some of you have been going to our church for years and you've never even experienced one Wednesday night Celebrate Recovery worship service. Beep, beep. Let's look at this verse here in Colossians, okay? Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, so what, what's that mean? What does that mean? When we're baptized, we're raised to new life with Christ. He rose from the dead, we rise. When Jesus started his public ministry, he started with, it started with his baptism, and then he went and prayed and fasted. And then he went on to begin teaching and preaching. And we get baptized to identify with him. And we'll be celebrating baptisms, all five of our weekend services, January 18th, 19th. You could sign up for that on the communication card. We'll reach out to you. What a great month. First month of a new decade. Get baptized. What a tremendous opportunity. But he goes on to say here that since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So, put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. Read this part with me. But now is the time. It's the time to get rid of anger and rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. And I love this. Put on your new nature. Be renewed. As you learn to know your creator and become like him. And one of my concerns about today is that you would take this message the wrong way. That you would take this message like a motivational speech. And today's not a motivational speech. Okay? God shows us how to move on from our destructive patterns and our old hurts, habits, and hang-ups. It's God who... who makes a way for these changes to happen. They don't just happen in our own power. Okay, so it's God who shows us how to move on from this stuff and into the plan he has for us. And so it's time to make a change in four godly areas. If you're taking notes, number one, it's time. It's time to get closer to God. Pastor, I already love God. Great, get closer. I love God. It's time for me to get closer. Okay, these 21 days of prayer and fasting are a great opportunity. I'm determined to go after God during these 21 days harder than I ever have. The light is green. James 4.8 says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Notice that, that God has made the first move. God has come from heaven to earth to save you. The cross, the resurrection, Holy Spirit he's given us, Pentecost, all the work that he's done. Now the ball's in our court. Come close to God. He say, okay, I'll come close to you. 
come close to him. I said, okay, I'll clo- come close to you. And gives us this process. Wash your hands, you sinners. So that's what, it's going through a process. That we're going to go through a process through 21 days. You'll notice that the, the prayer emphasis, it's going to start out with, with our needs and our relationship with God. And then it'll grow out from there to our church and our community. And then that last week of 21 days, we're going to pray for everything on planet Earth. We know, we know how. And we're going to intercede. And we're going to, we're going to pray for our world. And it goes on, it says, purify your hearts. And then this convicted me. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And we've let some of, I've let some of my loyalties be divided between God and the world. How do you break this dividing line? You, you pray and fast. Prayer fuels this relationship with God. Fasting cuts this relationship with the world. And it takes some intense moments in your spiritual walk with God to, to break these dividing lines. Like the 21 days of, of prayer and fasting is it's an intense, radical season. You can't sustain it all year long. Like one guy told me at the end of 21 days, oh, you should just do this all year long. Then brother, you ain't doing it right. Because you can't, you can't sustain that all year long. You're not meant to. But it takes a season like that to make a change. And one of the problems of, of seeing the change to move on from our hurts, habits, and hang-ups is we think it's going to be easy. But if I want something I've never had, I've got to do something I've never done before. Some of you, you've never shown up to church all year long. Like the church on weekend is just take it or leave it. What would it be like if you showed up 52 weekends of church? Your life and family would be healthier. It would make a difference. You'd be closer to God. What if you participated in all 21 days? However you can. I mean, I get it. You can't leave the kids at 6 a.m. for some of you. You can participate from home. You can make it to some days. You could uh, pray every day for 21 days, certainly. You could grab the prayer emphasis and join us on this journey. But it's time to get closer to God. Here's the second thing. It's time to get honest with a godly friend. To share the whole real you with at least one other person. That you're not going to be able to make it where God wants you to be, just you. Not even just you and God. God designed this process to be achieved through fellowship with other people. You're not going to get there alone. And that's why we're a church of groups and why we try to create environments where you can get close to someone. To where you can show someone you trust the real you. What you're doubting. Where you're hurting. And everyone, everyone we're in four weeks, we're going to launch groups for the year, for the semester. Everyone needs to be in a group. A bunch of you need to lead a group. Many of you need to lead a group just from the accountability of leading. And uh, tell, for some of you, your next faith breakthrough is going to come through leading. Because when those people are coming over to your house, your prayer life increases. <laughs> yeah. I talked to someone who leads a student group, which I'd strongly encourage you to to pray about that. And, and they said, you know what, I don't even do it because I have a heart for students anymore. I do it because my faith, it's growing my faith so much that things are becoming clear to me that I just, I couldn't understand before. First John 1 7 says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light. So what does this mean? If, it's when I conceal, happens for you too. But when I conceal the stuff I'm embarrassed by, 
the sin I struggle with, it just gets hairier and scarier and bigger in the dark. When I bring it into the light, it's not as big as I thought it was. It shrivels. It dies. Okay, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So set your mind to it that that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take for breakthrough. That's what it's going to take to make 2020 better. Number three, it's time to get in tune with God's purposes and my shape. What does that mean? It means that some of us, we live for ourselves, our purpose. We tried self-discovery instead of God-discovery. It's time to get in tune with God's purposes and then our shape. And what shape? That's just an acrostic we use uh, to demonstrate the whole you. So your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences. It's all the things that that make up who you are and why your passions are, are what your passions are. Your shape. You know, God really liked making you and creating you. Absolutely. God loves you so much. And he just had a blast thinking you up. And it's why, your shape is why you walk in, certain people walk into a room and see the stuff that needs to be done. Other people walk into a room and see the people that need to be connected with. And it goes much deeper and bigger than that. Some of you, you're just shaped to want to help, help people know their Bible better or to make an environment more hospitable. Some are shaped to help kids, some to help students, some to help kids with special needs, some to lead worship. Some of you are, are, are shaped to, to help people who uh, have an addiction and help them break free. Some of you are, are shaped to want to reach out to people in, in prison. Some of you are, are shaped to minister to orphans, to adopt, to, to care for a single parent. And it's time to get in tune with those things. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do, say these two words with me, good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I'll tell you, it's not easy. It's work. And, and that's why just even my tone today, I'm not trying to, uh, to make it seem like one way when it's really another. It's work. Like, yeah, oh, yeah join the dream team. It'll be fun. Hey, go to Celebrate Recovery. It'll be fun. It's work, but it's a good work. I went to a funeral for my neighbor a couple of years ago, and um, his son uh, was talking about his dad, and I just love the way he talked about his dad at that funeral. And he, he would say that his dad would always talk about being a good tired, that there was no better feeling in the world than a good tired. That a, a tired at the end of the day because... You were faithful and you were loyal in your job and you did it without grumbling or gossiping or complaining and you, you worked hard and you worked focused and you just lay your, your head on your pillow at night and you're exhausted, but it's just the best feeling in the world. And he's talked about how his dad would feel that way about with God, just when you do something for God, it's a good work, but it's a good tired. And I pray that Rockbrook, that in 2020, we'd be tired, <laughs> but it'd be a good tired. It'd be a faithful tired. Because it's a good work. And so we, we want to help, help you discover these things. And uh, each Sunday we host an event that's part of a four-part series called Growth Track. And it's just Rockbrook's way of having some catalysts to help you discover God's purposes in your shape. 
And uh, today at 1.30, I'll teach step one, which is about membership, committing to this local church. And I share vision, purposes of the church. And, and then you can leave and decide whether or not you want to become a member. It's not, I don't pressure you in that class to do that. And there's child care provided as well. But number four, lastly, it's time, it's time, it's time to get on doing something greater than myself. Because a great life doesn't come from making money, from sunny days, a great neighborhood, the kids sleeping better, real joy. It's, in, it's, it's beyond those circumstances. It's when you know you're on a God-driven adventure. It's when you do something in your life that it's going to impact someone for eternity. And if you dedicate your life to something greater than yourself, it'll be a good work. But it'll be a good tired, and God will fill your life with passion and adventure. What is this thing, ultimately, that's greater than ourselves? Acts uh, 20 tells us this. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work, not the work that I dreamed up with and pulled out of thin air, but it's assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful, <laughs> the wonderful grace of God. And I just have on my heart this weekend the person who has not fully experienced this. And the person who you just couldn't even hear the last half of this sermon because the most forefront thing in your mind is those hurts and those wounds and the mistakes. And you've never experienced the wonderful grace of God and I just pray for pray for the person who the reason you don't know the light screen isn't because you're messing around with something else it's because you can't get your eyes off the rearview mirror and you're just so focused on the past you can't even see the hope and the promise and the future that is before you but we serve a God you can, you can try it other ways. You can search the world. You won't find it. God is the only one who has the power to clear the slate and give you a hope and a promise and a future. He's the only one who can forgive. He's the only one with the grace. It's time. It's time. Let's pray. Father, I pray for every person here I pray that this would be a day uh, that would begin a process of healing and, and stepping out of the things of the past, stepping into your future. God, I, day, I pray that it would be a day of surrender. That God, we have struggles and doubts and, and things that are difficult. But God, we just want to surrender all of that to you and Church, just close your eyes for a moment. Forget about the people around you. Just ask God to bring you healing. God, I pray for the person who is grieving today that you would bring them healing. I pray that you'd set them free, that, that they would experience the wonderful grace and strength uh, to step out, to let, let the old lang syne, to let the days of the past be the days of the past. I pray over Rockbrook Church we would just recognize this hope and promise and future. 
God, we thank you. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for cleansing us of our sin. Thank you for your life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty grave. God, we believe. Help our unbelief. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.